Welcome to the Newson Health Menopause Podcast. I'm Dr. Louise Newson, a GP and menopause specialist, and I run the Newson Health Menopause and Wellbeing Centre here in Stratford-upon-Avon. So today I'm absolutely really, really excited to have um, with me remotely Davina McCall, who I have been stalking and pestering over Instagram for quite a few months now. And I'm just honoured that she's agreed to uh, be interviewed for my podcast. So welcome, Davina. Hi. I mean, I think I think I was stalking you before you were stalking me, I think. Oh, that makes me feel better because I have this habit of trying to pick out people that I think will be very useful. I'm very open. I don't have a hidden agenda, but my my big agenda, as you know, is to help more women globally. And I need women with a voice and um, you have a voice and a presence and a lot of respect from a huge amount of women and men about your work over the decades, really. So when you started talking a little bit about the menopause, I thought, right, I've got to I'm going to carry on until I find her. And <laughs> now I've got you. <laughs> so there's a huge amount that needs to be done about the menopause. And we could talk for hours, yeah. which we're not going to today. But I, I thought before we start talking about your thoughts in a bigger way about the menopause, maybe could I just sort of talk to you if I had asked to interview you maybe 10, 15 years ago about the menopause, mm. would you be thinking the same then as you are now about the menopause? Not at all. I mean, 10 years ago, I didn't really know about the menopause. Mm. I mean, I didn't know what it was, how it would affect me. My mum had died. My grandmother doesn't really remember or didn't remember back then what was going on. She actually had vascular dementia at that point anyway, so she wouldn't have been able to help me. I had one cousin who was the same age as me. But when I started getting symptoms, we had never talked about it or discussed it. Women just didn't discuss no. it at all. I didn't know. I didn't know what it meant. I didn't know what perimenopausal no. meant. So I would have been 42 10 years ago. And I had no concept of anything to do with the menopause. And that's why when we had our chat the other day, mm. I thought, you know, I need to get that chat and I need mm. to get it everywhere because a bit like dying, you know, all yeah. women are going to mm. have menopause. You might get it in a very small, easy way, or you might get it with tons of really awkward, difficult symptoms, but that's not the point. That yes. is not the point. It doesn't matter how you get it. We should all be taking HRT mm. for the health benefits, and you know, but I had no concept, zero no. concept of any of that. So how did you learn? What what happened? Did you start getting symptoms or did you start to read or what happened? Well, I I was, I mean, it all started on um, a Garnier shoot. I've been working with them for 16 years and it started when I was about 44. I was on a Garnier shoot in Prague. I went to bed one night and I woke up in the morning and I had a pool of water in the sort yeah, of yeah. dip in my neck and the sheets were wet. The duvet cover was wet. And I thought, Christ alive, like it was sort of six o'clock in the morning. I'd only had maybe five hours sleep. I'd gone to bed about one. I was feeling really restless. And I thought, what's going on? So I had a long shower. And that's when I thought, oh, that I don't like this at all. This reminds me of when I used to take heroin. Like I was a heroin addict and I'd wake up in the night having started kind of detoxing during the night. Mm. And I'd wake up in a yeah, it's very wet common, and horrible wet sheets. 
And the thing possibly that I've been most grateful for in my recovery is waking up in dry sheets every day. So to wake up in wet sheets was very scary. Mm. And I thought, what is going on? So then I went to work and I sat in the makeup chair and I then said to the makeup artist, is this chair heated? And they looked at me like I was on drugs of some sort and they went, no. I thought, of course it's not. Why did I ask that question? (laughs) My back was on fire. Mm. I was like, oh my God, I don't know what's going on. Like, And I thought, what these sound like? I'm sure I've heard symptoms of the menopause, but I can't be having the menopause. I'm I'm only 44. Like, Mm. of course I'm not going to have the menopause. So then it kind of kept going and I thought, and I didn't tell anyone. I was ashamed. Is that awful? Oh, it was terrible. And I thought, this is something I was, re- it was a deep, dark mm. secret. Then I called my cousin. I was like, what's going on? Is this the menopause? She went, well, it sounds like it. Then I just didn't know who to talk to. And in dire need, because I do love the NHS and I do believe in supporting mm. the NHS. But if I'm in dire need of an appointment and I can't get an appointment anywhere and I'm really sick with worry, I have visited a private doctor in London I'm very 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 lucky I know I am Mm. to be able to afford to pay to go I was lost and I was really frightened Mm. and I need it she's a woman and she's very pragmatic and helpful and I went and talked to her she was like oh yeah you're you're definitely and she explained everything to me it was like having a mummy Mm. I mean it was what a mummy would do Mm. and I then went to, I do have a gynecologist as well that I go and see annually for checkups. And um, she suggested I go and talk to him. And he was brilliant, Louise. And he is just like you. Mm. And he said, look, the benefits Mm. for your health are so great. Mm. I would strongly suggest. And I talked to him all about, oh, but what about these? uh, Yes, because what did you think? That's quite scary, isn't it? You suddenly been thinking about what's going on then menopause gets mentioned and then HRT gets mentioned did did you feel quite scared listening to those three letters or what were you just so desperate for some help well I am the girl I'm clean right so Mm. I I don't take drugs I don't drink I try not even to take paracetamol Mm. or neurofen unless I'm really migraine I mean you know I just don't want to take anything I've had a couple of operations and I would really, you know, only take the drugs that they prescribe if mm. I absolutely have to. I just, I'm that kind of person. Yes. I had three home births. I don't want any kind of medical intervention. But I was at that point. So probably I went to see the gynecologist maybe six months after all my symptoms had started, where I thought I was going mad. Mm. So I just thought my career, my marriage is not sustainable. Mm. Everything is going to go to pot if I don't seek some kind of, I would have done anything. If somebody just said, stand in Trafalgar Square and hop for three hours and it will alleviate your symptoms, I would have done it, Mm. you know. I mean, I've said this before, but my phone was in the fridge, my keys were in the bin. It's really scary, isn't it? People often think that the menopause is about hot flushes and sweats and we get through those and we'll be fine. What people don't know, and also what healthcare professionals often don't know, is the importance of hormones in our brains. We need it to help the sugar metabolism in our brains, the function of brains, every cell in our body. I can't think of one that doesn't have a receptor for estrogen, so it responds to estrogen in our bodies. And, you know, when our brains are out of control, it's really scary. 
it's really scary. It's different if you've had a few drinks and you're relaxed and you think, oh, I can't think straight, but you know why that's happened. Or if you, you know, you've had drugs or whatever, or a bad night's sleep, you know you're tired. But when you're functioning, when you want to function in the same way and your lifestyle hasn't changed, it, you feel robbed and scared. And I think what you're describing is so common for women but then they can't get hurt because you know obviously you know how fortunate you were that you got help but you still had six months that's a long time six months of symptoms but you know I see and speak to women that have had symptoms for years decades and you can see why women don't become top in their game you look at the you know boards of directors and it's all about equality but no one talks about the menopause of course people can't work when their brain doesn't function you look at divorce rates of course they increase you know also you know like taking HRT became so shameful Mm. I mean I didn't tell anybody that I was on it for ages because a lot of my girlfriends who are like-minded to me were on the maca powder or like lots of herbal alternatives and you know we've just got to battle through this bit and this kind of battle word you know yeah come on we've got to get our heads down I think this is a thing isn't it and I think like you say we're given information at different stages of our lives and we're all prepared well often prepared for periods some people like obviously occurs a bit earlier Mm. we're all told about sexually transmitted infections about contraception pregnancy we get loads of help and so people think it's just a very short-term thing that they can get through and if you've had pregnancy and it's been very difficult or difficult experience as women we just think well we'll we'll get through it we've got through periods which have been horrible for a lot of women haven't they every month that we just get through it so there's this whole thing perception that people have to get through their menopause and they'll be stronger and even quite a few well-known people have written about their experience and they feel they've come out the other side and they've blossomed and they're enjoying and Mm -hmm. this new strength and whatever but actually they're never going to replace those hormones and like you alluded to at the beginning this long-term hormone deficiency is what we need to consider because you've had symptoms which is one thing but as soon as you started to drop your hormone levels that's when your increased risk of you know as you know heart disease osteoporosis diabetes dementia starts and these are really big and I don't want to scare people who are listening but you know the commonest cause of death is cardiovascular disease women who take HRT have about 50 percent so 50 not 15 50% reduction in heart disease so and it costs the NHS a few quid a month to put someone on HRT it costs the NHS I can't even tell you how much for diabetes care dementia care cardiovascular care you know but it's it's knowing Mm. that it's not shameful to be on a hormone if if you had a underactive thyroid gland and you've been having symptoms putting on weight being lethargic being tired had a test and you were found to have an underactive thyroid gland, there'd be no shame in you taking thyroxine. In fact, you'd be foolish not to. And it's just really sad to hear that it's shameful that you can, you know, you can't tell people. And I know when I started HRT, I was similar age in my mid-40s, and some of my friends said, oh, my goodness, that makes you sound really old. So I'm not old. But then one in 100 women under the age of 40 have an early menopause. So how do these poor women feel? They must feel dreadful because there's this Mm. stigma. And then there's other women, and I'm sure you know people, who are denying that they're menopausal because they think it's an ageing thing. So they sit there a bit flushed, having been really tired, poor sleep. But, oh, no, my hormones are fine, absolutely fine. Yeah. Oh, it's awful. Oh, my God, the sleep, Louise. The lack of sleep. I remember 
literally the first day I put the sticker on, that night, mm. the sleep that I had was so restorative. I remember waking up the next morning thinking yeah. all it's my quite... Christmases had come at once. Even if I carried on with the other symptoms, the actual sleep. Yeah, and this is something that I think actually most, it's the commonest reason that people thank me is for their their sleep coming back. And and as a doctor, I never knew anything about um, sleep and hormones because I was never taught anything about the menopause, let alone sleep. And I read Matthew Waller's Walker's book a while ago about sleep, amazing book, talking about people who don't sleep have an increased risk of heart disease, obesity, depression, early death. And I'm thinking, well, hang mm. on, these are related to hormones mm. as well. But in his book, sadly, he hasn't mentioned hormones. So it's a double whammy when we don't sleep well. And I used to wake up at three, four in the morning mm. and thinking, what the hell am I doing? I, I'm going to be really tired tomorrow. I need to get back to we sleep. And, and it wasn't always because yeah. of a flush it would, or a sweat. It would just be I'd wake up. And I'd see my husband lying in bed snoring, thinking, that's really frustrating. And I, oh, it was so awful. And I, I didn't. I'm so... I was naive, I suppose. I didn't realise it was related to my hormones. And I feel guilty that I have good sleep. I don't sleep for particularly long because I'm quite busy, but I sleep really well. And it's so restorative for our brains and bodies, as you know, isn't it? And these so poor women who can't sleep well, then how are they expected to live healthy lives? And, and you know, you're doing so much amazing work with all your exercise and own your own goals. But how can you achieve mm. your goals if you're not rested? It's really hard, isn't it? Yeah. And also, I think that the brain fog and the, I mean, my mm. thing was my anger. I used to get these like flashes of anger, mm. not angry maybe, but impatience. So whereas I was always quite, I did this thing when I was a mum to like toddlers where I set my alarm earlier in the morning because I was always so stressed trying to get the kids out. And I set it half an hour earlier and it changed my whole life. Mm, that's such a good tip, isn't it? I was really happy with the kids. But when I started going through these symptoms, I found an irritability mm. in the morning and an irritability and a short fuse, just yes. a, oh, God, and I don't do that. I'm not that person. No, it's horrid, and yeah. what then comes with that, it's not just the symptoms. It's a self-loathing. Mm. It's a self-doubt. Yes. It's a self kind of you, you lose yourself you think who am I yes. what I'm not this person mm. and that's the other thing that makes me sad is that I see in partnerships you know sometimes the women's partners can kind of look and go oh gosh she's an yes. absolute nightmare and you think you don't understand what this is like no. it's really hard for partners you know I have quite a few people that see me and it's their partners that have picked up because they've read something and then I also have a quite a few number of patients who are in same-sex relationships and they're often the same age so then you've got two menopausal women together and that's really mm -hmm. difficult but mm -hmm. you know I've been with my husband for a long time since I was 18 and I hated him I could have strangled him mm -hmm. I could have pushed him down the stairs I didn't care mm -hmm. everything about him was annoying and I used to shout in front of the children and I'm my daughter, my oldest daughter, who's 17 now, said to me, Mummy, I remember a really big argument you had. And I was there thinking, God, if they get divorced, I'm going to have to live with the mum because they always live with the mum, but I don't want to live with her. <laughs> I mean, it's 
just awful, isn't it? And you know, I I often think like we are beacons for our kids to look to to yeah. say, you know, it's gonna be all right when we get older. But I always think like when we go through menopause, they must be thinking that is no. not all right. But I mean, what's interesting for my children is, you know, we can talk about it, and all I do is talk about the menopause, so they know a lot. But now they're seeing it in their mum's friends. And in fact, one of my daughters was having a house party or whatever she does, you know, as they do in lockdown with some of her friends. And they were all saying, how do we get my mum to see your mum? How do you? It's it's awful because they're living with them. So they, you know, normally if you're away, you, you you can hide your mood a bit, can't you? But you can't when it's all day. You've got to explode at times. I, so, I think women that aren't on HRT feel like they can't allow themselves to do it because in some way they feel that. They are going against nature's path. Yes. And I think that's an issue. It totally is. I totally agree because a lot of people say, well, I want to do it naturally. Well, I don't really know because actually if you think evolutionary, we are designed to reproduce and then fade away and die. Really, if you look in the Victorian times, we used to die a couple of years after this our menopause. This is the thing that really hit me the other day that when you said that. And I was like, mm. of course, we're supposed to have babies, menopause, die. And now we're living for another 40 years and I'm not going to live like that. No, absolutely. And this is why, you know, you, for example, a, a woman's risk of a heart attack increases by a factor of five after the menopause. We're protected before the menopause because we've got estrogen in our body and then we've got this increased risk. So it's not actually natural. The other thing that also scares me is there's a lot of women who do try these natural alternatives and they're labelled as menopause support or menopause this or menopause that. It's a big industry. But you look at some of these ingredients and some of them contain something called a phytoestrogen, which can stimulate the estrogen receptor. But we don't know how. There's no evidence. So it might be more dangerous than mm. HRT. I saw a lady a while ago who had some menopause support thing and she said it was making her feel a bit sick. So I said, well, what's in it? She goes, oh, I don't know. It's frightfully expensive. It cost me about £100 a month. But my friend said I should take it before HRT. So I Googled it and looked it up and it actually had a bit of tissue. It sounds awful, but it's true. I promise you. It was porcine ovarian tissue. So that's pork ovary. And then it had bocine pituitary tissue. So pituitary yeah. is a gland in our in brains. So it's a bit of pork, a bit of beef. And this woman was a vegetarian, you know, she was so healthy. So she didn't even know. Like, why would you take that? What's it supposed to do? What's the evidence? You know, it's... So I think if you are going to not consider HRT, and some women, I mean, less women, I think, once they're educated, say they don't want it. There are some women, uh, clearly, who've had an estrogen receptor positive cancer who wouldn't take HRT in the first line. But what's very interesting about this, and we need to do more work urgently, but there's no funding for menopause research, is that estrogen used to be a treatment for breast cancer, which is fascinating, isn't it? Yeah, so it used to be a treatment for breast cancer. And we actually know that women who have HRT, there's some studies have shown they do better when they have had breast cancer and are given HRT. So it's not as simple as they've got estrogen receptor positive breast cancer, therefore they can't have estrogen. But it's scary for doctors yeah, we because don't we don't have know the answer. answer. Is it a thing, Louise, that you're not getting funded, but is it a thing that you could go to I work with Action Medical Research and they fund research into very yeah. rare illnesses and things and they would possibly fund it because there is no funding into that. Yeah, it's really hard actually. And part of the problem is that all the evidence about HRT 
hasn't been updated for the MHRA, so the Medicines Health Regulatory Authority, which is basically run by the government. So if for me as a doctor, I prescribe HRT through my computer system, you get warnings. So if I was prescribing you something that could potentially cause blood pressure problems or whatever, it would warn me, which is all very useful when you're busy and everything else. But they haven't updated it. So if I try and prescribe UHRT, it will say risk of breast cancer, risk of clot. Well, you're having it through the skin as a patch or whatever. So there's no risk of clot. So it's not up to date. And then how can we campaign to get it up to date? Well, we need to campaign. We are doing a little bit. And I have written to them and it's very hard to get through to the right people. And the problem is also the people you get through to, they're, they're absolutely wonderful and the medics there are wonderful, but they haven't been trained in the menopause. They don't have a menopause specialist on their advisory committee. And as you know, there was a paper that came out last year from the Lancet, it's a great journal, and it said that the risk of breast cancer with HRT is more than we thought. So it's more dangerous. And this study was actually looking at lots of studies, some that had been published, some that hadn't, mainly on older types of HRT, so not the type that you or I take. And they only focused on breast cancer. They didn't focus on death. And we none of us want to die. You know, we don't really want breast cancer, but we don't want to die from it. They didn't look at that. And they didn't look at any benefits. It was all about breast cancer. And so the study didn't really show us anything we didn't know, but it was sensationalised to the press, but also... The MHRA produced a document to all doctors and to patients saying it's more dangerous than we thought. But then when you come up with some other amazing piece of information, like what it's good for... They haven't updated it. So they're not telling us that it reduces our risk of all these diseases. And we know even the worst type, like the old-fashioned type, if you like, that this old study was reported on, when they followed women up for 18 years, because a lot of women carried on after the study taking it because of the benefits... They found over 18 years, women that carried on with HRT had a lower risk of death from all causes, including cancer. So, you know, this needs to be told to the press. We have no study that shows that women who take HRT have a higher risk of death from breast cancer. Mm. They might be diagnosed slightly earlier, but that doesn't mean it's going to kill them. And a lot of women who have breast cancer don't die from their breast cancer. They die from heart Mm. disease or they die from other diseases. Or, you know, I see women in my clinic who've had breast cancer before. They've had traumatic times with, you know, chemotherapy, hard treatments. One lady said to me a few months ago, if I die with a recurrence of my breast cancer, I would be pleased because my life is awful. It's such not worth living, but I can't get any treatment. And so I gave her some HRT because she understood there might be a risk of it coming back. But she came back for a review and she said, this is amazing, I'm going out. I love my being a hairdresser again. You know, this is fantastic. If I get breast cancer tomorrow, do you know what? I'm having the best time ever. And I know it's helping my bones and heart and everything else. And it's her choice because there is no study that shows that women who've had breast cancer who take HRT are going to do worse. And, you know, and even if they do, it's still their choice, you know? Louise, you fry my brain. This is like, we have to just get this out everywhere. Absolutely. And we've talked about this before. You know, I'm not here saying that every woman has to take HRT. I'm not saying that at all. But what I am saying is that anything we do in life is about having a choice, isn't it? You know, the people that come onto your OYG website, they choose which exercise they do. You're not telling them that they have to do your yeah. exercise programme because that's not going to work for everyone is it they they can choose and we choose you know what car we drive we choose who we're 
socialising with. We've got to choose about our health. And I feel women are being robbed. That's a bit like how I felt about birth, that I would want to be able to choose where to have my baby. Absolutely. And you don't want to be judged by that. I mean, it's interesting because you were saying that you'd had home births and I had my first baby was a very traumatic, typical doctor, um, cesarean section, went against all the grains of everything I wanted, but I wanted a healthy baby. And I remember six weeks after I'd gone to a, a yoga class and it was a postnatal class that you rock your baby and it's all lovely and you do some yoga poses. And they went round asking about birthing stories. And I was the only one that had been hospitalised, let alone had a section. And, and they were really quite hostile to me. In fact, I never went back because they judged me for my procedure, not really? because I've got a lovely, healthy baby who was gorgeous. And it's the same. I think people have been judged because they're on HRT. And so what? And it's about making the most of our lives. We all could die mm. tomorrow. So let's make the most of what we've got while we've got it and, and have it, really. Mm. So there's a lot of work out there, mm. isn't there, to really help? Well, I just feel, I feel like I can't tell you how many women I've spoken to since our chat. Mm. I just feel like we're so misinformed. That's mm. what's frightening about it. Mm. And I feel that if women did have all the information it's not just about choice it's about informed choice absolutely you can't make the right choice without the right information absolutely and this is what I have found really surprising with my work because I've not always been a menopause specialist as you know I've been a GP for a long time and a hospital doctor but when I wanted to try and find out information I found it really hard to find information that wasn't biased Mm. and also is evidence-based you know there's mm. it's a lot of bias out there so creating obviously my website but also the app which is as you know coming out today very exciting my app called balance yes. but it's about giving women information and then they can make choices because yeah. it's not enough to be told as my teenage children are at school that the menopause is when your periods stop that's, that's all they're told and you know that's the best bit about the menopause clearly but, you know, we are hopefully going to be menopausal for decades. We only are pregnant for nine months at a time. Some mm. women don't have children. Most women only have two, three. So it's not. It's only a few years of your life. But you get so much help. You know, you get so much advice, so much help, so much information. It's a bit overwhelming, in fact, when you're pregnant because mm. you don't know who to listen to. Whereas you're just dumped on a scrap heap when you're menopausal. You might never see a doctor at all. Mm. And you don't always need to see a doctor. There's some great nurses, pharmacists we're doing training with. They're the people that can really help and make a difference. And those are the people that can inform. Mm, you know, absolutely. The people that can kind of get the message yeah, out. Yeah. But I also think the good thing about women and the good thing about the menopause is it is something that women want to share about. Yes. And it is something that once we find the app or find the website or get the information that we will share it rapidly yes. because that is one good thing. We're very good at sharing information on social media. And yeah. I think that we are very well known for supporting each other. Yeah. You know, women do support each other, but I just don't think we've had the information at our fingertips. No, I mean, I, at the beginning, asked you about what the conversation would have been like between us 15 years ago, but actually I couldn't have had this conversation with you. I didn't realise how it's affecting people. I didn't even know it was related to suicide. And I've mm. seen so many suicidal women. I've learned through speaking to women, and I've also 
learned from my own experience how scary it is. And mm. I think what drives me even more is knowing that it's, for me, it's morally wrong that I can get hold of the right dose, the right type of HRT because I'm mm. a menopause specialist. And mm. there's a lot of women that can't. And I also think it's wrong that I have to work privately. I can't even work in the NHS because I can't I get a job. So there's a huge amount of work, but it's not fair on women because they're missing out. And if they're missing out on information, that's even more sad, really, because information is freely available once we get it right. And just um, because I'd like to share this podcast. And if they haven't listened to your other podcast, they should. But um, what's the name of your app again? It's Balance. Balance. It's just called Balance, yes. And okay. it can be downloaded through the App Store or Google Play. Right. Um, and it's free. That's what's Great. really important. It's Great. free. There's no hidden costs. Amazing tool. We should all share that. Mm, thank you. All of our friends get everybody on it. Everyone. Yes, because also we've got period tracking on it. And I was looking at my teenagers' period tracking apps and they're pretty useless, actually. They have the same colour depending on whether you're light or heavy flow, whereas we've, mm. we've changed the shade. Mm. So people, what I want people to do is to track their periods and then every three months they do a menopause symptom questionnaire. And then once they start to get symptoms, so if you'd, you had the app, for example, mm. you'd started to get symptoms and then you'd think, oh, actually, poor sleep, tiredness. Yeah, actually, this this could be something. Then you you haven't wasted six months of your life mm. by being scared and alone. You've got mm. information and there's a community on there so you can ask other people what they thought they can share their experiences you can also put your treatment and you can see what reviews of treatment so you know did you feel better taking your hocus pocus whatever or did you feel better on your patch and how did it help so we can also collect the data anonymously for research which would be really powerful because we can't get research other ways but also we can really help women wherever they are whichever country they are um Mm -hmm. yeah it's exciting hopefully Mm. it's gonna be good so I'm really so grateful for you thank you so much for sharing your time but before we finish you're not going to be allowed to go without me asking you three take-home tips and I think I'd really like to ask for three tips for women who are who are struggling and feel alone how you did that time you know what would you say to yourself that time before what would you say now well I mean I I didn't really go to the internet. I didn't know where to look or how to look, but I do think that there are a lot more sites that you can go to. So inform yourself. I mean, whenever anybody makes any decision, I am so sad to hear you, Louise, had a bad connection with women who judged you for your birth because I've Mm -hmm. always said whatever choice a woman makes in birth, like whether it be cesarean, home birth, natural, like elective cesarean, Mm -hmm. go for it. Like if you want to do that then you should have the birth that you want and it's the same with the menopause like you said if you want to go the natural route and you really feel that this is how the body's meant then by all means do that but do it informed do it because you know that there are risks possibly for other illnesses in your future but you've chosen to take that on board because you need to know Mm. this information so inform yourself is like the biggest most powerful tool I can any person with due diligence I always call it I'm going to go and do my due diligence very good so I do a lot of that and I do due diligence a lot on everything if I read a tweet by somebody Mm. and I think that's good to me I will go and do due diligence on that Mm. person before I tweet it Mm. or I want to know who they are how good are they at what they do? How long have they been doing it? Well, everything. So that's the first one. The second one I would say is exercise. 
obviously. Yes, love it. You know, my mental health is bolstered all the time with exercise. Mm. And I just find enormous support as well from communities. So, mm. I mean, obviously on Own Your Goals, there's like an amazing community mm. of all the people that are on Own Your Goals. They all come together and they all sort of support each other mm. on the Facebook page. It's really nice. And that is also a very safe place to come with anything menopause or anything hormonal or periods or anything girly. It's a very girl heavy community. So that's a really nice, safe place to come. But find a community. And I mean, you don't have to come to my work website you can go to do classes even you know on zoom or something like that but come together as women and I always say like women helping each other there's no comparison like there is nothing more powerful than women coming together Mm. to help each other it's just like a it's something I I feel sad that I don't feel like men have that I feel so blessed that we do no absolutely so find a community and exercise and thirdly I would say, and this is a really, really difficult one, but I always feel that judgment is a reflection on how I feel in myself. If I'm judging other people, mm-hmm. if I sit there and I go, oh, my God, look at her shoes. Oh, God, who'd wear those? Or if I'm going, oh, my God, her hair looks terrible. I'm in a bad place. Yes. I know there's something going on with me. Judgment, we've all been a victim of it mm-hmm. and we've all done it. But when I'm yeah. doing it, it makes me feel really toxic. Yeah, that's so important. And I think women are very critical of themselves. Yes. And they can be very critical of others. And, you know, I spend a lot of time trying to mother my children because it's so difficult, as you know, having children. And, you know, I have to say, would you want to be judged like that? There's a reason. And you, everyone's got a story. And you don't know that. I'm very privileged being a doctor because I've been told all sorts of stories that you would not believe when you, you see never these know, right? people. You never know. Never Absolutely not. And the older you get, the more you realise there's good in everyone. Mm. And we just need to help and build on strengths and push the weaknesses down. So I think these are really key take-home messages, really powerful. And I, I really hope people that have listened to this podcast will just feel stronger and better women for doing it so i'm really grateful for you spending some time doing this thanks i think you're amazing (laughs) (laughs) thank you for having me for more information about the menopause please visit our website www.menopausedoctor.co.uk